0: Welcome back to another episode of the 100k Freelancer Club podcast. In this episode, Niwa is back and joining me once again as we dive into the transformative power of genuine connections in our increasingly digital world. We also share personal insights on balancing the demands of freelance life, the pitfalls of social media comparison, and the underrated value of in-person interactions. From covering imposter syndrome to finding joy in the journey, this episode is a candid exploration of thriving in the freelance world while staying true to oneself. Now, before we dive right into this podcast, we would really appreciate it if you could hit that subscribe or follow button, depending on where you're listening to this podcast, and we can continue to bring you great content around freelancing. But without any more, let's jump into this episode. been a while. The last time we've done one of these episodes was probably like two years ago, I don't know, a year
1: ago? It's like, it's-, um, it's like in Lord of the Rings when Gandalf the Grey dies and he comes back as Gandalf the White. I've, uh, I've, I've come back, I've returned to the scene.
0: Even whiter as well, yeah, even pastier, <laughs> yeah. spending all that time in Manchester.
1: I'm not sure you're the sort of guy to be lecturing people on how white <laughs> their skin is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, true. Very true.
0: True that, yeah, it's just uh,
1: pasty as always.
0: But yeah, how you been, mate?
1: How's things? I've been good. I've been busy, which I guess is all you can ask for as a freelancer. Um, I've been doing some reflecting as well. 2023 probably wasn't the easiest year for me personally. So I've kind of taken a bit of time just to sit back and reflect and assess things. And I'm still kind of doing that. And I think that's something I've said on this podcast so many times that we've had conversations together which is you're always learning. You know. You can only ever give advice from your own experiences and there will be people that have had the exact same feelings that I've had. There will also be people that haven't got to that stage of their freelance career yet. There will also be people that are way further ahead and have experienced much deeper feelings and different thoughts about how things are going. So yeah, I guess overall I'm good. I'm healthy, I'm happy. So that's all I can ask for. But generally, um, I've been doing a bit of reflecting. But I'm sure we'll get into that, mate.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I've been trying to speak to you over the past, you know, couple of months, and you have seemed like the busiest man alive. <laughs> I think we were, we we're having a discussion before we started recording, and you said you would have been working for 27 days straight without uh, without a day off.
1: Yeah, and you know what? We've spoken about team, no days off, and that toxic freelance culture that can sometimes be peddled on social media and we both agree that that's not a healthy way to do things. And so it's a little bit hypocritical of me to sit here having worked 20 days in a row I think up to this point and I think it'll be 27 by the time I finally get myself a day off. But that being said, there's that old cliche that you've got to make hay when the sun shines and thankfully the sun's shining at the moment and you know what it's like as a freelancer sometimes you just need to grab the bull by the horns, take the initiative and just go for it and you know, the best thing about being a freelancer is you can choose when to work and you can choose when to have a day off. And even though I am subconsciously falling into that team no days off culture over the last month or so, I'm quite confident that when it comes to the end of this run, that I will be in a better place for it. So I'm taking each day as it comes at the moment, but yeah, it's been a a bit of a grind. I'm still learning though. Yeah,
0: I, I tell you what, speaking to you, I always learn a new phrase. Like somehow... You just, <laughs> Mate, I've got, you loads just, you <laughs> you just, got loads of them. I've got loads of them. You're the man of phrases. I, every time you say a phrase, it's like the first time I've ever heard it. It's just, I've never well, heard what, that before, but it what, makes complete sense. Which one make have you hay not heard? when the sun shines. You've
1: never heard of that phrase before? <laughs> no. Making hay when the sun shines. Never. It's basically never. the same as when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. It's the exact same phrase. It's just an old yeah, english you're, you're i'm just surprised on level two you've not heard of phrase. that before
0: no true people here always ask me like in spain they're always asking me questions about english like oh what does this mean how do you do this i'm like mate, i have no idea i, ju- I just speak it <laughs> but yeah what man, about I you mean,
1: I, I shouldn't i sh- was a bit rude and didn't ask you how you've been and what you've been up to
0: mate i've been yeah really good man like great 2024 is off to a fantastic start to me really enjoying it I've been busy, not as busy as you, um, but I think I've been in a different kind of busy because I've been traveling to a lot of different places Mm. for work. And what I love at the moment is that quite a bit of my work revolves around business and deals. So I'm going to places, meeting people, making deals. um, And, you know, in that kind of line, you always end up getting a little bit drunk and then having to go into, uh, you know. (laughs) But it is, you know, it's really exciting. I think I've been... I think already I've taken seven or eight flights this year. Wow. Um, yeah, or only on like the 15th or 16th of February or something like that, which is which is good and bad because I hate flying. I absolutely hate it, but I love traveling. Like I love the, the feeling of going somewhere and doing something, but mm. I just hate being in that plane. Do
1: you know what? I'm similar, to be honest, in terms of the traveling around. You kind of feel like you're achieving something when you step out of your front door. And I just wonder whether that might have stemmed from... COVID culture and the whole working from home culture. And obviously, freelancers and self employed people will know all about working from home long before the pandemic arrived. But for a lot of people who have maybe just transitioned into starting their own business post coronavirus, they may have been used to working from home had they had an office job beforehand, for example. And sometimes when your workplace is also the place that you live, you can get bogged down quite quickly and you can feel like there's no escape. So actually, leaving the front door. And getting in the car or getting on the train or cycling or walking to wherever you need to go to to conduct your daily duties. I actually think that sometimes that can be as big of an achievement as you'd have the whole day. Just actually getting out of the front door because it's quite depressing at the moment. It's quite a depressing world to live in. Like you turn on the news and you see war and destruction. And in this country, in the UK, we've just gone into recession, which is obviously a big financial situation in the country which will affect everyone including freelancers so there's a lot of depression and nastiness about at the moment and especially if you spend too much time online that can get on top of you so actually getting up getting out and even if it is as simple as going to meet someone for a coffee and having a chat not even a proper meeting I think that can be considered as a success and as I mentioned at the start of the show I've kind of been looking back and reflecting on how I sort of conduct my business when I'm working freelance and what things I can build upon to improve, but also what things I can kind of capture and say, do you know what, that worked for me and that was a small win and just kind of stack all of those up and kind of build something a little bit more positive moving forward.
0: Yeah, I think people forget the purpose of things as well because with, you know, like you're saying with COVID, like everybody's locked inside, everybody was locked inside, sorry, everybody's got used to this working remote. And I kind of forgot the purpose of in-person meetings. I was always like, why do I need to go and see this person when I can just bring them? I can just meet them on Zoom. And it was only just now, last month, where it like the light bulb moment happened for me. Whereas I flew to Germany to see a client and I ended up doing a few meetings um, out in Germany. And I met this one person who was um, interested in doing like a partnership deal with us and there we go um... you
1: know straight away sorry to cut you off but straight away you've made a key point there which is you met someone because you made the effort to get on a plane and go and meet this person in person and you've met someone else off the back of that whereas you can't bump into people on a zoom call you can't bump yeah. into someone on a Teams call like those chance meetings, which sometimes freelancers rely on word of mouth networking. You can't network on Zoom, but you can in person.
0: Yeah, and that's very true. And and building upon that as well is that when when I met this person, we hang out. We hung out. Sorry, we went for dinner together, and we ended up getting a few drinks together, and we were just talking for hours. We weren't even talking about business, about the project, about you know nurturing a client relationship, or mm. you know anything as such. But when I left there, I was like, that, you know, that guy is really cool. Like we had a great time and I was like, I should actually do that for him. Like I should do more stuff for them. Like I should actually go ahead. Like I can help him by setting him up with this person or maybe that person would be great and I could do this. And then I got thinking to myself, I was like, you would never get that feeling from a zoom call. I've got like this allegiance to this person now, just because they're a cool person. And like, we've had that connection in line. We've sat down and had a beer together and I really like the dude. So now I just subconsciously want to help him all the time. And I think that is something that you cannot get sat behind a laptop or, you know, an iPad on Zoom.
1: Yeah, it's true. It's 100% true. And you know what? It brings me on to another point, which is, I spoke about reflections. It's so easy to live your life through the lens of social media now. So easy. And the whole thing of imposter syndrome, I think, creeps up for a lot of freelancers, whether they're qualified enough to do the job and whether they feel like they're good enough to be working for specific clients, etc. And actually, the social media toxicity, it kind of pinged in my head as well. You said you had that light bulb moment. And I did a few months back and I just thought, why am I buying into this social media culture when I don't have to? I'm only doing it because everyone else is doing it why don't I do what I want to do? And it just twigged in my head that people don't post the bad stuff on social media. They don't post the meetings that go wrong. They don't post the deals that fall through. They don't post the bad days at the office. It's not authentic. It's not a real reflection of how people live their lives. They only post the good stuff. And so when you're seeing people that are in the same industry as you, so for example, in my industry, it's quite competitive. There are a lot of freelancers fighting for the same sorts of jobs. You see people doing stuff and it makes you question yourself. You think, how are they doing that? And I'm not. But also it doesn't show the setbacks. And I think that's one of the key things that I've taken away from the start of this year is not everything you see is how it actually is. There's always a deeper level to it. A lot of the stuff you see is just superficial. You know, I've seen people take 10 photos for their social media because they're at an event. They might not even be working at the event, but they just frame it in a way in which it looks like they are doing something. And it's like a a fake it till you make it kind of attitude. And you know what? It's that social media hustle, which is probably the generation before us that, or sorry, the generation that follows us, I should say, as in the people that are younger than us, that are the ones that are really taking that, mantle on and and going for it and making careers out of social media and you have to respect that hustle and you have to respect the fact that that is the way the world is going but for me personally I was getting so bogged down in what other people were doing work-wise and comparing myself to them without really taking stock and looking at what I was doing and thinking do you know what I'm actually doing all right here and that was something that I really needed to address I think at the start of this year and I feel like I've begun to do that and I just think that, you know, going and meeting people and being with people in, in person, I think is a good way to remind yourself that there is more to life than just what someone's posted on their Instagram. You know, you, as far as I can tell, haven't posted about this meeting, this interaction with this person that you obviously hit it off with and you had great conversations with, but you haven't felt the need to. And you've told me on this podcast, but yet you still reflect on that with positivity and fondness. And you're thinking, do you know what? I enjoyed that. You didn't need to tell everyone else that you enjoyed it. You just did that for yourself. And I think that that's something that maybe freelancers or at least I can only speak from my personal perspective can get bogged down with where they're like I need to post about this. I need to make sure people see this. It's like, do you? Yeah. How is no, it going to benefit you?
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. I'm on well, I'm on I'm on kind of two sides because one this for me, like I haven't been posting about any of that stuff. You're right, but for me the 2024 one of my goals is to be a creator not a consumer because i fell into that trap of what you're talking about i compare myself ruthlessly to everybody online how are they performing better than me how are they doing better than me and i ended up more time focusing on you know the thought of why is this person better Mm. than actually focusing on just improving myself or improving the businesses so yeah i've taken that step away from social media Um, and just come more along the lines uh, of focusing on trying to I want to create content that is this this word is being thrown around so much but that is authentic content Mm. so what I mean by that is you know if you watch someone's reel on Instagram or you watch someone's post and you think that it's cringe you look at it and you get that cringe feeling like why are they doing that but then you can watch another video of somebody doing the most cringe thing ever and it doesn't feel cringe. I think I've found the reason behind that. And the reason is, is because when you watch someone making a video that does not want to be watching, that does not want to be making that video, it makes you feel cringe. If the person actually wants to be making it and actually wants to be talking about what they're talking about, mm. it comes across as natural. Like if me me, and you, do not dance at all right we we probably the worst dancers the world has ever seen if me and you got together and i would hate i hate dancing if me and you got together and did a tiktok dance it would be the most cringe video it's honestly making the world. my skin crawl as, soon as the word TikTok i'm sweating came out of your mouth. <laughs> right now thinking about it but there, it would be so cringe because neither of us want to do it we hate it we don't want to do it and the problem is there is that like that comes across in the video as well. Like, people can see that you don't want to do it. So people doing it because they think it's going to get them likes, because they think it's going to get them views. It just doesn't work. Like, the reason why you do see that work, the reason why you do see people on TikTok and Instagram with a million followers doing, like, these little weird dances is because they love it, man. They love it. They actually love it. Like, and it's, you're not getting that cringe feeling. So I don't want to make any, like posts that I don't want to do I don't want to force myself to take pictures and record videos in moments where I don't want to do it like my own personal life and my own like successes and enjoyment that I don't want to share I'm not going to share it because you know what's the point it's Hmm. only the things that like uh, I say I want to become a, a creator not a consumer and just the fact that like I want to share a bit more of my journey so like the things I learn in the business world I want to share with people. You know, I want that is things I actively love talking about. It's the reason why we make this podcast, right? Mm. We like talking about things. We like talking about business. We like sharing that we like opening those discussions. So I'm focusing on those things. But yeah, anything else, I'm just not going to focus on at all. I don't know how you feel about that sort of like, becoming a creator, not a consumer kind of mindset. But yeah,
1: I like it. I like that mindset, because it forces you into positivity and let's face it social media is a tool that most of us can't live without now and I don't mean that in the sense of you can't go a day without picking up your phone and scrolling through Instagram that's not what I mean I just mean that it's so important now to what we do as a marketing tool as an information gathering tool so it's not like you can't take a break from Instagram because I could easily delete the app and not return to it for months and not be too phased But the point is, I need to kind of have it for work purposes. And I think you're probably the same. The thing for me is the stress that it can cause. And I'm quite a stressy person anyway. I stress about all sorts of things for no reason sometimes. And I wonder to myself, why are you stressing about this? And then to add social media on top of that, it's just something that I didn't need. And it just got me thinking that everyone's journey is taken at a different speed and it's such an obvious thing to say and so many people that have spoken about this sort of thing have said it before me and so many people will say it after me everyone grows at their own pace everyone's journey is a different is a different pathway Uh, and no journey is linear so when you talk about the work ladder you know stepping up a rung stepping up a rung it's not like a ladder it's like snakes and ladders the game snakes and ladders you roll the dice you take a few steps you go up a ladder have a really big high and then you take a few more steps and you slide down the snake and you have a super big low and you're back to where you were before that's life that's not just freelancing that's life and i think we think of things in terms of a journey from a to b a is where you start as a freelancer b is where you want to end up it's not a straight line it's like a, a maze. You're going left, right, up, down, diagonally. It's like that um, elevator in uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory that goes in all different directions and then eventually lands where it wants to land. Like that, It's exactly like that. And I think that I was maybe stressing myself out a little bit, thinking, why aren't I here at this age? Why aren't I here at this point in my career? I thought I'd be doing this by now. But actually, when I sit back and reflect and look at the things that I have achieved and that I am doing now, I just need to kind of, accept that my journey will unfold at the right pace for me now there's nothing to say that you shouldn't try and accelerate that by sending emails chasing clients doing all the good things that we persuade people to do on this podcast but also like kind of trusting that you know what you're doing you know how to look after yourself because you're always learning about how to to look after yourself like I know that after this long stint of working days I'm going to need a break of some kind I just know I will because I'll start getting cranky and I'll start getting annoyed and and feel like I'm bogged down. And, you know, these are all things that we've told people to do, look after themselves, et cetera, et cetera. But definitely that was one big thing for me when it comes to that social media side of things. And you talk about being a creator. I wanted to create a better environment for myself so that when I came to actually using social media, which I still do, I was in a bit more of a positive mind space when I was using it and not too worried about what else I see.
0: Yeah, and I think swinging back to what we talked about earlier, when you go out in the real world and you talk to real people, you realize what daily achievements are and what is actually you know, realistic and what people are actually doing. Of course, somewhere there is like you know some kid with a Bugatti at 19 years old. Yeah, yeah. But that is not the daily reality of it. When, when you go outside and you actually you see the real world, you can appreciate your yeah. achievements more.
1: Yeah. And it's one of those things I've written it down here and I just wrote a few notes down about what I kind of wanted to talk about on today's podcast. And the one I've written at the top with a big exclamation mark and drawn a line under it is relax. And I don't mean like me relax doing this podcast because I've done loads of podcasts. That's not an issue. It's more just relax about the journey you're on. You've got it under control. You know, you've got it under control and it's so easy to be bogged down with all of the you know the difficult stuff that you see because if it isn't social media toxicity it is something on the news and you think oh it's depressing out there but you just got to try and relax and you know be a little bit more level-headed at least that was my perspective I know some people like you're relatively relaxed at least I don't know whether you can shed a bit more light on that but you always have been in the sort of 15 plus years I've known you so it's one of those things where some people give off that kind of energy on the outside but on the inside it might be different
0: I, th- I think it is a bit different on the inside because I do feel a tremendous amount of pressure to succeed all of the time. Where's that um, from,
1: though? Is that from yourself or from external factors? Like, where does that Where does that come from? That's the thing that I know we're getting a little bit philosophical here and a bit deep, I suppose. But it's that's the sort of thing that I've been trying to wrestle with in my head. Like, where does that pressure come from? Because it doesn't come from my family or my friends because they've all got my back. And they, you know, they they love me regardless of whatever I'm doing. And so the pressure must come from seeing what other people are doing and how successful other people are doing. But also the pressure comes from you as a person. I find like within, I want to be as successful as I can be for myself. But I think it's interesting just the conversation in general. Like you say that you feel that pressure, like where does that pressure get applied from?
0: I don't think anybody is applying the pressure to me. It's more like being applied to myself. Like sure. it, I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm still in a fantastic position. I know that I'm doing super well. Like if we were to go back to our hometown, and have a conversation <laughs> with everybody there, we'd be the most successful people, by far, probably. <laughs> um, but it, it, it's again, it's that global scale, and also for me, I think like. I think like going to school in a Ferrari didn't help. You know what I mean? So like the bar was set like super high for me. Sure. Like I was born into, you know, my dad was a very successful man. So then I feel, you know, that that's just one thing that's rubbed Mm. off on me. Like anything Mm. I do below that is just not good enough. Um, So I've always got that sort of hunger and desire to reach that level. But for me, it's like on one side, I'm not a a materialistic person. I just want to be able to prove that I can do it, if you know what I mean. I don't necessarily care about the cars and houses and stuff. I just want to be able to prove um, that I can do it. But also now, I think I, I struggled with that more a few years ago. Now, I'm in that stage where you are. I'm just fucking loving the journey. Like, I really enjoy doing it i love setting up the meetings i love getting the deals i love growing the businesses i even love the slip-ups the mistakes the crashes and just having all of those stories to talk about you know and having like being able to talk with you with chris with other people in our network about what we're doing and the moves we're making i struggle honestly I, i struggle to talk about other stuff than business and work just because i love it man um and and I, a, a couple of years ago, I was like, ah, you know, this might lead you down a path where, you know, you're going to be unhappy. Uh, you know, you, you need like a work life balance, but you don't really need the balance if you if you love it. You know, I, I know for me, I've still got the time to do what i want which i love Mm. golf and i love snowboarding i've been last weekend i was snowboarding in andorra two weekends before that i was snowboarding in austria but that is your
1: balance though isn't it like you say you say that you don't really need the balance but that provides your balance and what i mean by that is if your favorite food was pepperoni pizza and you had that five days a week for the next three months it won't be your favorite food for much longer i can promise you that so like taking a break even if it is doing something else you love so it seems strange like obviously i work in in football mainly in sports media and even though going to football matches is my job when i have a day off sometimes i go and watch my own football team it's the same thing from a different perspective so actually am i having a break from football no but am i enjoying myself and doing something slightly different yes and that's my balance and i think like your balance is away from business you've got the golf and you've got the snowboarding and that kind of keeps the business side of things fresh. I think that's kind of a key thing, isn't it? It's like you can yeah, love something you're... so much that you do it every day, but also until you have a break from that thing, you don't realize how much you do enjoy it until and you take that first step back in.
0: Your efficiency kind of drops off. Like True. as you're excited and motivated in, in, in doing something, as you keep grinding away at it, your your efficiency and productivity kind of slides. Whereas when you take that break, you just take one day doing something that you love, back i feel like you're, you're back on the ball you're you know mm. you're effective you're efficient and you're working at a much higher rate
1: yeah and and i think it's interesting as well the social element of the two sports that you've spoken about that you like to do in your spare time golf is something that you can do on your own but you can also do with other people snowboarding the same but when you go down that run and you're locked into the board you know you Your feet can't go anywhere, it's just you and that board and that's like quite a personal experience and yes, you can experience it with other people around you but it's not like golf, like when me and you have golf, when me and you have played golf sorry, the ball goes down the fairway or in the rough or bunker or wherever it might be that I've shanked it to and then you know, we'll walk 200 yards down the fairway and then go our separate ways to find our ball, we'll reconvene again on the green and then, you know, there's kind of the social element of it where you're having a chat and you're talking and you're kind of blowing off some steam, blowing off some cobwebs but yet the snowboarding provides something a bit different, doesn't it? Because that is just a personal experience, even though other people can be going down the run with you. You know, you look to your left, you've got Chris, look to your right, you've got whoever, you know, uh, Alexis or whatever, you know, and that you've still got that personal element of it where you can't speak to them when, you run, when you're going down that slope. So I guess it's kind of interesting that the two things that you like to do, because I know you play golf on your own a fair bit as well, they're quite individual maybe actually that gives you time with yourself away from your computer and away from emails and everything else
0: yeah and i love that they're they're both really competitive and progressive right so with golf you've got your handicap and you're always looking to improve yeah so i do i i live really close to a golf course and i go down most days um after work just to hit like you know 20 minutes on the driving range come back that's kind of like my workout at the moment but it's just that feeling of advancing towards something so i've got that goal of you know being a scratch handicap which means you you have no extra shots mm. and it's a very difficult thing like you know probably 0.1 percent of all golfers in the world have that handicap and i'm working towards it i think i just need that goal and objective in everything i like getting faster and better and more agile and being able to do more tricks on the snowboard the difference for me between the golf and the snowboarding is The golf is, like you said, it's more relaxed, it's chill, you're talking about it. I have time, a lot of time on the course to think about work. So when I go alone and I'm playing is often when I get a lot of my good ideas for work, for marketing campaigns, for business ideas, they just come to me while I'm playing. But... Snowboarding, on the other hand, is like you have to be 100% focused in, in that moment. You're sliding down the side of a mountain at 100 kilometers an hour. If you fall off, you're going to break your neck and die. So it's, <laughs> it's like you need to be 100% focused. And I think that's why as you become like better at the sport, better at skiing or snowboarding, you push yourself to do more dangerous things. We rarely find ourselves doing like super easy, safe slopes. It's always like, how fast can we go? How far can we push it? What's the craziest slope that we can do? Can we find some mad off piece? And I think the people that I go of as well have that same thing as me. Like when you put yourself in a situation like that, where it's like you have to 100% focus on this. There is no room to focus on anything else. Otherwise, you know, error could literally mean death. Um, It's just a yeah. It's just a massive disconnecting and it's yeah i enjoy it i love it well what about you then man like you, you you've been talking a lot um about how you know busy you've been what successes have you had recently what are you proud of that you've achieved in the last couple months in your field
1: well you said that earlier you kind of focus on how you can improve and i'm just proud of how i'm getting better so i'm spending a lot of time now still well i'm still spending a lot of time doing podcasts as I always have been over the last few years but i'm doing a fair bit more TV work, fair bit more radio work on pretty big networks here in the UK. So that's obviously a thrill. You know, I kind of get the buzz off of being live because it's much like the snowboarding, as you mentioned. You make a mistake. That's it. You've made a mistake. You can't put the words back in your mouth. If you say something that you don't intend to say, it's out there then you know that's that you you know you can't reach out and grab them and stuff them back in that's it it's done once you've said something you've said something so if you you know stumble over your words or whatever that can be a frustration to me it might not mean a lot to some people for example not many people have noticed this but i tr- i've tried really hard over the last few years to cut out saying er uh, and um when i'm doing a podcast or even generally speaking to people I tried really hard to do that. And now people I know will be rewinding this podcast on Spotify trying to figure out where gotcha. I said, uh, uh, uh <laughs> but it's, yeah, there we go. There was one of them, but it's one of those things where I've tried so hard to cut that out of my vocabulary. And that's just a small thing that I've done, which took me a bit of time and a bit of practice to help me improve in my day-to-day work. And so that's probably one of the successes is actually every time I do a show or, i'm on tv or i'm on radio i feel a bit more confident i feel a bit more assured and i feel like i'm better each time so that would be one of the one of the wins i'd say um and kind of recognizing the improvements
0: yeah so you've sort of leveled up your broadcasting skills essentially yeah which is effectively
1: what i do isn't it so kind of leveling up your skills of anything is good but especially when it's in the field of what you do as a freelancer yeah it's I think- um, been helpful
0: I think, uh, I know you don't like this guy, actually, uh, Joe Rogan. I listened to him the other Mm -hmm. day and he was saying about, he learns new skills all of the time and does difficult things to improve as a person and to improve professionally. Is that something that you feel the same about?
1: In In a way, yes. Because... You know, I've tried to learn things and it's just staying disciplined in doing it. So, for example, because you live in Spain, you speak Spanish now. Um, You're trying to learn Catalan as well, I believe. I did Spanish studies at school. Um, Castellano is not something that I'm great at, but it's something I like to try and practice. And particularly when I'm working in football, where you've got a lot of people with um, foreign backgrounds, where they come from different countries... Spanish people, of course, make up a big part of the Premier League here in England. There are a lot of Spanish footballers in the men's game and, of course, plenty in the women's game as well. So trying to learn how to say their names properly and learning dialect and things like that. For example, I was in a Japanese restaurant the other day and I didn't order the food in Japanese, but I pronounced the names of the dishes so well that the woman said something to me in Japanese. She asked me in Japanese, where did you learn Japanese? And I said, no, I don't speak Japanese. She just said, oh, you pronounce the words on the menu so well, I just presumed you knew Japanese. And so like, it's small things like that that make you smile in your day-to-day life and you think, well, actually, I don't know really any Japanese at all. I know very few words, as, as many as the next person does. But I learned a little bit about dialect and how to pronounce and say the words, which is something that I need to use in my day-to-day basis when I'm talking about football players or managers or, or whatever. So... Something like that, for example, like I've always wanted to try and put a bit more time and effort into learning Spanish. So I know a bit of Spanish, like I can get by, but I couldn't have a conversation with you, your other half, or whoever in Spanish and, and feel comfortable doing that. Just, it's just, I'm not at that level. But that's something I've always wanted to do. And it's like finding the time to do that and putting the hours in and staying disciplined with that. Because I've tried Duolingo, I've tried other apps, I've tried going to spain regularly and topping up my spanish and stuff stays in but i just think that you need to be so dedicated to some of those skills to be able to actually become a master of it and i feel like i'm one of these people that dips in and out of lots of other skill lots of skills without mastering them which i think can have a benefit but also it would be quite nice just to put all of your eggs into one basket and just say i'm gonna knuckle down on my spanish and i'm gonna hammer it out until i'm a fluent speaker
0: yeah, but I think you said that you know you want to be putting the hours in. I think you draw it back into put the minutes in, you know. Put imagine how far ahead you'd be if you'd done ten minutes or even six minutes, for example, every day for the last three years. Only those six minutes. Imagine how much further along you'd be than right now. And I think that goes with anything, right? Like I, I I'm the same as you. I love, I love learning new things. I love setting my new self challenges. And I usually dive in head first and just go really hard at something for a couple of weeks or months, and then it tapers off. And I think I don't, well, there's, there's a, obviously there's, there's whole books about this, and there's a very famous book called Atomic Habits, which talks about this, which basically, like if you want a result, you need to build the habits around it to get that result. And I've been applying that in my life recently, and that has had massive success. So I'm, I'm the same as you, like you mentioned, I'm trying to learn Catalan get married in july um and i want to be fluent catalan by the time we get to that um by the time we get to the wedding because the wedding's going to be half english half catalan See, i speak spanish but that's kind of like not the language that they speak here um so it's a goal of mine and the only way i'm going to reach that is i tried at the start of like you know doing setting myself the goal of doing you know 15 hours a week and it just wasn't happening and i was getting overwhelmed and there would be weeks where i did zero studying but now where i've set myself the goal of just doing you know a couple of hours a week a couple of minutes a day like the improvement has been crazy like the i'm learning at a much faster rate the consistency has helped me out massively
1: yeah brilliant and good on you i think that that's a good way to have kind of sort of itemized it broken it down into chunks and made it sort of snackable if you will it's easier to consume that way for you and it probably that's, is for most people
0: yeah i think that's what people should do as well in that in in their freelance business or in any business or in any objective that you have so let's just say you're a freelancer and you really struggle with getting consistent clients you should focus on you know putting a task in your calendar of 10 minutes per day every single day for client acquisition if you're that type of person that finds yourself, in I've got loads of clients now, but in three months I'm gonna have that dip where I've got no clients and I'm gonna be frantically looking for them. Set up that system of no matter how busy you are, you do 10 minutes of client acquisition per day, whether that be reaching out via emails, DMing people, going to a networking event, joining like a public Zoom call. Just make sure that you do those 10 minutes. I think Austin Saylor on the podcast that we had on a couple of weeks back, he had a very good tip of getting to form these habits around things that you do during the day that you want to contribute to your success. So again, on the client acquisition front, his tip was every time you make a coffee, if you're a coffee drinker, every time you have a coffee, send three outreach emails. And then so you just have that habit of when I pick up that coffee and take a sip, I have to reach out to three new companies or three old clients to see if they have any work or if they to do it. It's good, it's
1: good, but it takes discipline as well, doesn't it? Because no one's going to tell you off if you don't do that. And that that's the thing that I struggle with sometimes is that self discipline where it's I probably should do this, but no one's gonna have a go at me if I don't. And that's the kind of internal wrestle that sometimes I get when I'm dealing with business, even if it is as simple as sending emails. And it just simply boils down to on some days whether I'm in the mood to do it or not. Like I feel productive today, let's do it. And I do think that that is a great piece of advice every time you have a coffee send some emails or do something productive but then again it's it's building that habit and i think the hardest thing when it comes to doing that is to start doing it i don't know whether you agree the actual first few times you do it will be the toughest times then once it becomes natural for you and rhythmical then it's just water off the ducks back then and you're just away you're doing it all the time
0: oh definitely like the, the, the getting started is the hardest part and then also if you miss it like if you go on holiday for example and stop doing that habit yeah when you get back it's just it's the same thing as starting again and it's 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 really difficult i've been doing um like i've been my one of my biggest focuses over the last few months has been discipline because i just felt like i was the most undisciplined person ever and it's been holding me back so i've been i've set a number of challenges for like this myself so for example one of them is a press-up so i have to do 150 a day <laughs> and now there's videos if you go in the group chat um you know, Chris has always recorded me like, "Why is this idiot doing press ups on the bathroom floor at 11 p.m. on a Friday night?" You know, but it's just something that I hate myself. I can't go to sleep without doing it now. I've been doing it for months, <laughs> and I just cannot not do it. Also, I read something today, and I think it was from the diary of, uh, in the book of the diary of a CEO, and he basically says that on on this topic, that if you want to do something like that. You've got to put some skin in the game. So, for example, you're saying to me, okay, I want to commit more and I want to learn more Spanish. I want to do 10 minutes a day, right? So you could do something along the lines of, and we could literally do this if you want. If you don't send me a screenshot of you on the Duolingo app or on Babbel app or studying every day for 30 days, you have to send £500 to Jared.
1: It's like that. Have you seen the situation in America where one guy texts his colleague calling him a fat bastard every day for 300 days until eventually he (laughs) lost 18 stone I
0: haven't but I love that
1: I mean it's it's awful but great at the same time isn't it I think they both worked in a pizza shop together and he just text him every single day the same thing fat bastard six o'clock on the dot until eventually he lost enough weight to feel uh, confident enough not to receive that text Do you know what i've really enjoyed this conversation mate so appreciate sort of sitting down with you again and kind of having a chat and let's do it again soon
0: yeah definitely like it's, it's been it's been good to catch you up some good advice from you from always new phrases uh in my <laughs> i'll try my and come locker. up with a new one for the next podcast <laughs> Yeah, nice one, mate. Well, thank you very much and thank you everybody for listening. If you hit that subscribe and follow button no matter what platform you're on, uh, we would love it. Yeah, catch you in the next one.